This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, we're looking forward to a season of learning to be more like Jesus. To, as the song says, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. Uh, he didn't say, um, you know, red and yellow and all the other ones. Red and yellow, black and white. Jesus loves them. Um, let's let's figure out how we can love them better too. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Ryan, and I I serve as the Connections Pastor at Journey. Uh, this Sunday, we reopened our doors at two locations with three total services. It was man so great to see people and encourage people, and even if it was social distance. And uh, we also started a new series entitled Summer in the Psalms. Pastor Christian, great to have you back on the podcast. Um, you know, you started this new series called Summer in the Psalms, and, and you taught from Psalm chapter 1, and we're, we're, we're going to discuss the sermon in a moment, but based on what's going on in our country right now, I wanted to to pivot our conversation a little. You know, one of our core beliefs is community impact, and if you're not familiar with that, uh, what that is, you know, because we are for our community and not just in our community, um, that that's such an important um, core belief of ours. That belief has huge significance in light of what's going on with with not only COVID, but also with what's going on with protests in many U.S. cities. Pastor Christian, can you speak to the heart of what you shared in your video update that you sent this past week? Yeah, so great to be back on the podcast. Great to be back in church, I hope, right? So we we record this a few days before so we can release it on Sunday. So I hope you are a prophet in saying that people actually came back cuz I'm not convinced at this time that uh that ev- that that everyone's ready to be first in. So uh, I I hope and we are trusting that we have a a phenomenal Sunday. You and Mike uh, man did an incredible job. I enjoyed listening to the podcast uh, this week, just hearing more of Mike's story um, and learning from him, listening to you guys talk about spiritual community was was great. And as we talk about community impact, as we talk about spiritual impact, um, I'm sure we can we can drop in the show notes somewhere a link uh, to the video that we sent out as our church. But we, we just sent out a video on Monday addressing, um, you know, not just the, the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, um, Ahmad Aubrey, uh, down in Georgia in, in, uh, in February, uh, and, and the protest that are going on, um, all over the country. But we, um, we just as a, as a church just, just tried to begin making a statement that, hey, we're, um, we're, we're aware of this and, and we care. Um, and you say, why do you do that? So we, you know, one of our core values, community impact, we believe that we're a church. Uh, that exist for our community, not just in our community. Ryan, we have people of black and brown skin in our community. And when you look at what has happened again, I think if you were to ask the question, a discipleship question, not a political question, a discipleship question, um, one one that kids have been wearing on their wrist for, gosh, I don't know, 30 years, the, the WWJD, what, what would Jesus do in this situation? Um. I've got two answers that I'm fairly certain are right. What would Jesus do? Um, he would do something. He'd do something. And he would do more. Um, he, would, he, would, he would do more than, than is being done. And as a church, uh, we just realized it was, time, it was time to say something, do something, and it was time to do more than we'd done in the past. Honestly, though, Ryan, I mean, if I could 
like just be totally transparent. I mean, it, it was my son that pushed it. Um, so, I, you know, I was away on vacation um, on Memorial Day, the, the day that, that George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis. Um, I am not I am not on social media. I tell people I've got enough voices in my head uh, rolling around without needing to hear everyone else's voice, um, too. So, I'm, you know, I'm not on social media. When I'm on vacation, I don't carry my phone. I have my phone. It stays plugged in. I check it in the morning, check it at lunch, check it at night. I don't watch much TV. I, you know, I just want to spend time with Jesus, spend time with my family. Um, so I was, I was, I was just totally unaware. I've, I've even had some people since they saw the video we, we sent out say, well, you know, of course you would stop and talk to Tony in Charleston after what had happened. I didn't, I didn't know what had happened. Um, it's possible Tony didn't know what had happened at that, at that point the next day. Um, it wasn't really until Friday as the protests began to get started, um, that we, we were sitting at lunch getting ready to drive home. Um, and my son Christian said, um, like dad, are you going to say something? Is the church going to say something? You know, and I, you know, and I, I don't know if I said about what or like, what do you want me to say or about the protest, about this? And he just said, like, Dad, Dad, you have to say something. Um, you have to say something so people know you care. As a Christian, like, of course I care. And he said, people don't know that unless you say. It. He was really fired up. Um, one, he's getting ready to go play college football 45 miles south of Chicago. He's on a group text with all of his teammates. Um, more than half of them, African American kids living in Chicago who are talking about the situation. And for the first time that I can remember, this, this, this is a, this is a season where, where, where silence means something. Silence, silence means that you don't care. At least it's taken that way. So my son was saying, Dad, you have to, you have to say something to show you how, um, sensitive and difficult and uncertain that I think this is. Uh, Ryan, so George Floyd was killed on, on a Monday. Protest started on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We drove back across the country, um, Saturday, all day Sunday, uh, protest all day Saturday, protest all day Sunday. We, we had a Sunday morning message that had been pre-recorded because we had ripped the church apart to get it ready for reopening this week, um, that made zero mention of anything. Um, and like embarrassingly so, but it was, with the coronavirus season, we just, we didn't have any, we didn't have any way to add to what was going on because our team was scattered, kind of all resting to get ready to come back together. Up until Monday at 5 p.m. when we released our video, not one person associated with Journey Church International. We have more than 3,000 regular attenders. Not one person said, are we going to address this? Except my son. Um, to, to me. I don't think that means our people are heartless. I think that shows there's such an uncertainty in the white world of what you're supposed to say and do. Um, and what we decided is that we needed to say and do something and we need to figure out how to say and do more. So we, we released a video, um, that basically said, we're, we're mourning this. We see this. This is wrong. We're, we're praying for this. Um, and, and we're listening and we're listening. You know, I recorded that video on a, on a Monday afternoon and I immediately showed it to our, um, uh, our director's team who was meeting that afternoon to talk about some reopening stuff. I said, I want y'all to see this before we release it. Um, if I say anything wrong that I need to change, I want you to know. And they listened to it. And as soon as they got done listening to it, you know, they, they clicked the off button and, and Pastor Mike said, all right, you said you were going to listen. Who, like, who are we listening to? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you said we're listening. Like, who, 
to, to who? Like, what are, what are we listening to? Uh, we know we can't listen to social media. We know we can't listen to the news. Um, we know we can't listen to movements, or we shouldn't just primarily listen to who are we listening to. I said, you know, that's a great point. So Monday night when the video came out, I sent it to about a dozen of um, my my friends across the country, uh, black pastors, black coaches, uh, black educators, um, black teachers, black police officers, and said, I'd like you to watch this and just critique it. I'd like you to give me feedback. I'd like, I'd like you to help. I'd like you to help me. I feel like we need to do, we've never done anything in this area. We need to do something. Will you help me? I want to lead. I don't know how. Will you help me? And all week long, um, I've been having conversations with people. I've been learning a lot. Um, I've learned some things that were embarrassing when I realized what I didn't realize when I, when I began to know what I didn't know. It's like, well, how did I, how, how, how did I not know? How was I not aware? How did I, how did I not see all these things? I, you know, I learned some phrases like white privilege and unconscious bias that I talked about on Sunday. Um, but I think, I think it's a discipleship deal. I think if you were to ask, what would Jesus do? He would do something. He'd do something. He'd do more than we've done in the past, which is nothing. So we're, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, to learning in this season of, you know, what we're calling racial reconciliation. We're going to have Sunday starting June 28th with Pastor Jimmy Dodd and Pastor Arthur Jackson, uh, who's an African American, um, Christian leader in our city, uh, who helps lead a lot of, of black pastors in the inner, in the inner city. Um, and we're just going to say, help us, help us see like Jesus, help us love like Jesus. We realize we've not grown up with that perspective. So help us. Um, we're looking forward to a season of learning to be more like Jesus to, as the song says, Jesus loves the little children, all the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. Uh, he didn't say, um, you know, red and yellow and all the other ones, red and yellow, black and white. Jesus loves them. Um, let's, let's figure out how, we can love them better too. Looking forward to this discipleship time in our church that, um, you know, was, was spurred by a lot of, by a lot of upheaval. Um, you know, I read in the Psalms several weeks ago that our adversaries will help make our paths straighter and strengthen our righteousness. And sometimes it is, um, sometimes it is the spiritual enemy, um, acting in a lost and broken world. They get your attention to things that actually help you walk a little straighter path. And I think that's happening um, in this situation. I hope it's going to happen with our church. Yeah, I, I do too. I think and hope and pray lots of great things, God-honoring things will come out of this. Uh, conversations help, and uh, no one we don't all have the answers. And so talking with each other, learning from each other is what we've got to do, which which is, you know, when, when we have talked as a staff and— We've talked. We want our church to be a picture of heaven, yeah. right? We want all, all the races, right. all people. We right. we want them to come, and and together we can honor Jesus, right? Heaven will have all races of people. So if if people listening think it's going to be a certain way, just the way they want it, no, it's going to be the way God wants it, and He wants all races to be there. So how how can conversations with African American leaders better bridge the the race gap and help the church truly be a picture of heaven? Well, you know, I'll, I'll echo what you said. Revelation seven nine, John, John sees a picture of heaven, right? He sees a revelation of heaven, and he said there were people there from every tribe, tongue, and nation of heaven. Which means in heaven, people don't all look the same. They don't all talk the same. He saw people of different skin, different color, different ethnicity. He heard them speaking different languages. So we we better get better at loving people that don't look like us, talk like us, even even speak our language, because we're going to spend an eternity with those who love Jesus, if we love Jesus. 
Um, you know, Ryan, I only had probably seven, seven to 10, um, actually either phone conversations or face to face conversations, several more text conversations with people. Uh, and I, I already am beginning to see the world differently, which helps me love the world differently. Um, I, I spent more than three hours last night sitting in a driveway, um, on two lawn chairs with a, with a, with a black police officer. Um, and man, I, I was different when I walked in my front door, I knew a, I, I saw life differently than wa- when I walked out of my front door. Um, you know, one of the things I learned this week is that you usually see people by their color till you know their name. And then once you know their name, they become a person, not a color. Um, and that's why so many people think, um, you know, I've got, I've got black friends. I'm not racist. Well, once you know their name, a lot of times you don't even see them as black anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not under, you're not understanding everything that, that a people group, um, you know, is struggling with just because of, just because of the color of their skin. I mean, I, I, I think face to face conversations, relationships with people, serving with people, being with people helps you begin to see hearts rather than skin. And that's, that's a game changer for anybody. And for people who say, you know, Hey, well, you like, this is church. We need to talk about Jesus. We need to stick to scripture. Okay. The primary obstacle in the New Testament church, if you read the New Testament, was racism. Are Gentiles allowed to be a part of Jewish religion and Jews and Gentiles fighting because of their different yeah. ethnicities? I mean, this is a it's a biblical concept, and there are biblical answers um, to what's happening if we can seek to have the heart of Jesus and then help people find the Savior, Jesus. Uh, but I, I think conversations help you learn names. Conversations help you see hearts. Um, which, which gets you past maybe some of the unconscious bias that you've, um, that you've, that you've had opens your eyes to different things. Yeah, it sure does. You know, um, as we transition into some of the sermon, which will certainly tie in, one of the goals of your sermon was to determine our, our desired rate of spiritual growth. You know, you kind of use this, do we want to use a spade, a shovel, yep. or a backhoe? Will you? Yeah. Will you, as we transition, will you unpack that important illustration for us? Yeah, well, we know we know Jesus as a Savior. One day Jesus will come as judge, right? But Jesus as a Savior is, is, a, is a gentleman. He says in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. you gotta, um, you got to let me in. Jesus um, takes ground in your life as you surrender it. Um, now, his, his Holy Spirit will work in your life all day, every day. But Jesus works most effectively, most deeply when you surrender your life. Uh, and what we said this summer is is people are going to be deepened in their theology and in their personal walk with Jesus. Everyone who comes is going to be deepened. But the depth that they grow is going to depend on the tool they put in Jesus' hands. If they give Jesus a spade, they're going to be deepened a little bit. If they give Jesus a shovel, they're going to be deepened a little more. If they give Jesus the keys to the backhoe, they're going to get some depth. However, each one of those things messes up a few more areas outside the original dig site. So I think what we're looking for is a church full of people who will throw the keys of the backhoe to Jesus and say, go, I realize you're not just going to dig into one area, but this is probably going to disturb everything in my life. It might get messy. Yes. But I trust when you're done, not only will I be deeper, but you'll put it all back together and put it back together better. So the Psalms are going to grow us. How deeply they're going to grow us is based on how willing you are to surrender some comfortable, maybe preconceived um, notions of theology, worldview, spiritual worldview um, that, that, you've, that you've been following. Yeah. 
You know, a point uh, in your message that, that challenged me is when life shakes your spiritual worldview, you, you have two choices. You can go, you can quit spiritually, walk away, or grow deeper spiritually. Why exactly were people walking away from Jesus on this day in Scripture, and, and why why did the disciples choose to stay, and, and how did that help them grow? Great question, great story. John chapter 6, Jesus feeds 5,000 people at the end of that night. He walks on water, across the water back to Capernaum. Um, and the people race around the lake to find him so they can, so they can get more food. And Jesus said, listen, I didn't, like, I didn't come to open a restaurant. I'm glad you got to eat. I came to give you spiritual life. The spiritual life is not to find physical nourishment from me, but spiritual nourishment from me. You're going to have to accept that my body's going to be broken for you, that my blood is going to be the blood of the lamb that's going to forgive you. You're going to have to accept all of me with spiritual eyes and with a spiritual heart to really get this thing. And there were people who said, well, I, you know, we came to you for different reasons, actually. I mean, appreciate the offer for all the spiritual help, but we actually came to you for other things. We came to you for physical help. We came, we came to you for the immature narrative that can be grabbed from Psalm 1. We came to you because if we follow you, everything is blessed and everything is good. That's why I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, and Jesus said, that's not exactly, like, that's, that's not exactly the way it works. That's a premise, not a promise. And as you work your way through Psalms, you see how that how that promise plays out spiritually in a broken in a broken world. Um, so so people were walking away because Jesus said everything that I have to offer you spiritually is on the table, and they're saying actually we um, we don't need all the spiritual stuff you have to offer. We would like all the material things you have to offer. And Jesus says if you get the spiritual, you don't need the material. And they said yeah, that's that's not for us. Um, the disciples, on the other hand, had already given up all the material. And when Jesus looked at them and said, do you want to leave too? Peter didn't say yes or no. Peter just said, um, we've experienced material blessings, and those left us empty, and we've experienced you. And we've come to believe you're the Savior of the world. So you with material blessing, you without it, you, you, Jesus, is what we're after. As long as we have you, it's going to be that Matthew 6.33. As long as we have you, everything else is going to be okay. So we're sticking with you because of because of you. Not because of what you give us, but because of who you are. We're sticking with you for you. And there's a lot of people who come to Jesus. There's a lot of people who are invited to Jesus for what he can give them rather than who he is and what he's done for them. And when they don't receive that immediately, even though a lot of it won't even come until eternity, they say, I'm out. I, I, I came, came for more. He's given me less. Um, but it's a, it's a deeper thought theology that's needed. And Psalms, the whole book of Psalms walks us through what that is. And we saw played out in John chapter 6 with, with people who were not willing to get beyond Psalm 1 to wrestle through the hard things of life like the disciples were. We're not totally sure how all this is going to work. But we know as long as you're here, we're good. Uh, if, we have, if we have you... We got we got what we need. You'll make sure we have everything else. Yeah, you know we've talked about consumerism at times. Some people want what am I getting fed? What from a church, from a ministry, etc. Instead of how can I how can I be grateful and thankful for what He's done for me? How He's how He's changed me? And now out of a heart that wants to give back, do I want to impact my community? Do I want to love people around me and continue to grow? As long as I've got Jesus, I'm I'm good. Um, so yeah, I think. You're right. That was a scenario where people, they wanted more physically. Uh, keep feeding us, and yeah. then we'll think about sticking around. Yes. And it, and it doesn't always work that way. No. You know, I'm a visual person. Person, This question kind of ties to that same thought. And, and I've been to Israel, you know, with you. And, and so 
I like to try to visualize myself in different places. Actually, sometimes I'll kind of role play um, in, a, in my thought of how would Jesus interact in this situation. Like I'll see someone, and how would how would Jesus want me to? Kind of how the way you led it. One of the first bracelets, right? We wear a lot of these things now, but this <laughs> used to be. I've had like seven at one time. You guys right. like to tease me about you know my. It wasn't really wristbands. It was a giant armband. Yeah, uh, but it was cool. It was, it was most of the New Testament in catchy phrases up all, to your elbow. Yeah, all up yeah. to my elbow, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like and, – and WWJD was the first one I ever wore, right? Yeah. So you talk about spending all day long walking with Jesus, something I can't wait uh, to one day do. Uh, share with us this you know wonderful truth again you kind of touched on John 6:67 6, through 69 where Peter answers Jesus you have the words of eternal life why is this truth significant if we want to deepen our personal walk with Jesus I think what we're going to learn through the psalms and and you know what I'm trying to accomplish even reflecting on this point is that walking with Jesus is more than you think it is harder than you think it is, it will accomplish and demand more than than you think it does. Um, we think walking with Jesus as is is a day of youth camp, right? We get up um, and in the morning he's already made us breakfast and he's waiting with a smile because he looks like the guy on the chosen, um, yeah. right at yeah. the at the campfire. Um, and then we like we probably sing some songs, um, and then he teaches something biblically that just blows your mind. And then, you know, maybe, maybe cr- creates lunch from, from nothing, which is just incredible. And, uh, then maybe, you know, calls a deer over to talk to it and you, you know, play with the animals and uh, like sleeping beauty a little bit as you walk through the forest and you take a long walk on the beach and, you know, the angels come and surround. Like we, we have this picture of like when, when people say, I want to spend a day with Jesus, I always say, pick one and which one, which one? We see a lot of days with Jesus in the Bible. None of them are like the one I just mentioned. Yeah. So which one? Um, the one he was arrested and crucified, the one he was driven out of town, the one he was hassled by people, the one where he was so perplexed he had to stay up all night praying. Like which which, which one, and are we talking about the same guy? Are we talking about the same story? Are we talking about the same Savior? Because a, de- a day with Jesus would be both better than you could possibly imagine, but different than you could possibly imagine, because Jesus ultimately calls people who are his followers to come and die. Take up your cross and follow me. Let's spend a day together. But it is usually not a day around the campfire singing songs. We'll get there in eternity one day, but life with Jesus now is mission, and mission is hard because we live in a broken world, and life following Jesus is usually with a cross on your back. At least that's how he describes following him. Um so Peter said we're willing to do that because we don't know what else will lead to the life you've called us to live and eternal life one day. So we'll do that. But I I think I think Christianity today has has to have a little more clear picture so at least they can be honest when they ask people to to follow Jesus. And I realize that's that's down the discipleship journey a little bit. He didn't say that on the first day that he met all these guys, but he would get there within three years. And there's a lot of people who've been following Jesus for more than three years who still haven't made a decision of whether or not they want to cross in their life daily. Yeah, such great truth uh, of, of what the Christian life is really all about. And, and really 2020 has been a huge challenge, right? If you're a Christian, it hasn't been a walk in the park. If, you know, if you're a person on the planet, it hasn't been a walk in the park. It's been one of the most challenging years that I can remember. 
no doubt God's working in the midst of all of this, but why is the church, Big C, the church of the globe, so important in these difficult times? Well, it's the, it's, it's the kingdom of God on earth. I mean, it's, it's not just the people of God. It is the kingdom of God on earth, um, his people, his, his global people, the church. And when they walk closely with Jesus, they, they see things clearly. And they're always trying to find out how to have more scales fall from their eyes so they can see things more clearly, like we're trying to do as we enter a season over the next year of having some racial reconciliation Sundays where we say, help us see more clearly. They care the right way. They, they love and serve one another, and they love and serve their enemies like Jesus did. They give hope to the hopeless. They give comfort to the hurting. Um, there's a promise of eternity for all who are dying, and all of us in 2020 are heading that direction. And one of the reasons 2020 has looked like it has is because we don't want to die, and we don't want people close to us to die. We would rather hide in our house than do something that could make us die because death is scary, but, but, but the church, the kingdom of God on earth um, says there's life after death. Not that you want to risk death um, in any manner, but we don't, um, we, don't, we don't fear death. We continue with our mission. And I think for all of those reasons, plus the very small ones, uh, you know, a week in the life of journey, I'm, I'm so proud of our church, um, you know, that, that, that this work served dozens and dozens of hours um, at Heart and Hand in Belton, getting a thrift store ready to reopen to serve underserved parts of, of our local community, a church that within eight minutes passed out 120 boxes of fresh produce to uh, people who um, right now primarily their food source comes from food pantries, but there's nothing fresh in food pantries. So um, the cars that were lined up in in our parking lot to have boxes of fresh produce put into um, their cars. The the family that will serve on Saturday, an older um, family in our congregation helping to clean up their yard and get it mulched and get it ready um, for summer. The uh, the Truman Medical Center um, mobile unit that's in our parking lot right now using our church uh, as a free space in the community to conduct COVID tests on, on people um, that they think might have COVID. The $10,000 that we were able to give away um, to the Hope Center at 31st and Linwood that's uh, mentoring and counseling and discipling, um, you know, young, vulnerable kids in the inner city um, during school and after school. Like all of those things and more, that's what the church is. That's what the kingdom of God on earth as it would be in heaven does because of the church. And for all those reasons, plus the three weeks of the One Another series, everything it can do for you, everything it does for the world, and all the ways it honors Jesus. That's why the get the, That's why Jesus is, has built a church, and the gates of hell, and the gates of corona, and the gates of systematic racism, and the gates of protest and riots. Um, Jesus is going to build his church, and the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against it. It might hurt, it might damage, it might close it for a little bit. Um, but they're not going to extinguish it because it, like its founder, is eternal. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the people of our church. Um, you started this with saying, do something, you know, and of course there's that great Matthew West song that yep. we've used to inspire people to do something, and they are, and, and we'll do more. Um, we'll do more to bridge gaps, 
and, and love people. And my hope and prayer is that the light of Christ will shine through each of us as individuals and our church this Sunday and in the weeks to come. Yep. Pastor Christian, as always, man, thanks for, for sharing your heart, transparency, and just some great truth. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for listening today from wherever you are around the world. You know, whether you're going to tune in online, because we're still going to have great presence online, either Facebook Live, YouTube, JCI app, uh, or the uh, TakeTheJourney.cc website. Or we'd love to have you come in person now. Obviously, we're being wise. We're being socially distanced. We want you to feel comfortable. But we're going to have a great uh, church experience. We're going to be worshiping together. So we, we hope in the near future you will come and worship with us at one of our services. Uh, also, as always, we'd love to hear how God is working in your life. You can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Or if you'd like to send a question that we could answer on air, we would love to do that as well. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.